0: what's up everybody this is marlins in-game host mike b and you're listening to fish across the pond marlins uk podcast with
1: peter pratt cheers from the 305
0: And welcome to Fish Across the Pond. It's episode 83. It's a Marlins UK podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. And the UK Goats, of course, it's Tuesday night. The UK goats are here. Lee Dobbs, lead off of Lee. How are we? I
2: am, um, yeah, it's good as always. Uh, yeah, it's been a been, a bit, been another fun week. Yeah. Um, more, you know, more, yeah, more ties. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, the Marlins lay love a tie this year, no doubt, You yeah. really do, It's it's been a real strange situation, but yeah, you're right, it's been a fun week, interesting, uh, we're going to get into that now, very shortly, uh, in the two-hole, Sean Barrett and his new router, uh, Sean, how we doing, buddy?
3: I think I'm never going to live that one down, am I? <laughs> yeah, another week in the books, another day closer to opening day, looking forward yeah. to
0: it. yeah. Absolutely. And in the cleanup spot, of course, no one else can see this, but I can. He's wearing his Fish Across the Pond T-shirt as well. Oh, boy, Rob Newell. How are we?
1: I'm doing well. I had to wear it for this special occasion. And uh, a halfway point, you know, why not show it off? And I I recommend the listeners to go and pick up a few T-shirts as well before the season starts.
0: Absolutely. You know where to get them. Get into my bio. The link is there. The the Teespring store been some new designs coming but there's tons of good ones um glad and actually it is looking sharp on rob there's been a surge in the oppo with the Boppos. there's been a surge with the winangs the winnings um lack of interest though in the dick shots so let's uh let's see if we can write that one as uh, as the season goes on uh for sure but guys uh we're about halfway through spring and so we're about two weeks away from opening day. I think I think tomorrow or Thursday will be... It's Thursday, I think, right? Thursday, so, I think, yeah. So we're almost two weeks away. Um, what We're going to do this episode. We're going to just have a halfway through spring training review in some ways. We're just going to have a quick fire. Um, what are we liking from what we are seeing? And This is half the challenge. We're not seeing a lot. No one's seeing a lot because <laughs> we're relying on the radio, which is which has been great, but um, does create challenges. Um, But what are we liking? Equally, what is scaring us at this point? If anything, maybe nothing. I don't know. Um, And then we're going to do a quick round robbing update on the, I guess, the key spots. The back end of the rotation, second base, and then we're going to have a bit of a deep dive on the bullpen as well. We haven't done that yet, um, and things are starting to shake out. And so uh, I'm going to kind of lean on you guys to see where we think things will land. So, I think that's what we got in store for this week. Let's uh, let's start though on on I on, on the rotation actually. Um, so just kind of a brief update on the rotation side. Sean, we've seen Sixto. Sixto is has made his spring debut, going just under two innings yesterday. Uh, I think it was yesterday, completely losing track of days, but you know, Sixto's it's great to see him back. Um, What's well, what's your sense with Sixto? And based on the fact that we're only two weeks away from, I guess, opening day, what, what are the ramifications do we think for, for Sixto and kind of his role going into opening week? If he, if indeed he has one.
3: Yeah. It's good to see him on the mound. Um, Obviously, two weeks in, we haven't seen him at, at, as yet. Uh, he pitched. He pitched fairly well in his short thirty pitches, thirty-one pitches, hundred miles an hour, hitting triple digits. That's that's kind of what you want to see from your first game back. Where's the velocity? How's the control? He pitched. He pitched okay. It would have been nice to see him get through two full innings. Obviously, and. Um, he was actually lucky to get to where he was because it was a, a double play to get the two outs in the second. Um, so if that had actually gone through the infield, he could have been leaving the, the bases loaded and only one, one inning. So he was, it was a bit spotty, a bit bumpy. It was good to see him on the mound um, with the velocity. Where do we see him going forwards? He's, he's not going to get stretched out in time. He's going to get two more starts probably. In spring training, he's probably going to be where the guys are now as mm-hmm. far as Sandy and, and Pablo. So I think he does get skipped um, one, maybe two times through the rotation. They can afford to skip him once because with an off day, we can go through the first four guys, have them go through again, and then he can pitch on the back end of that second time round through the rotation. I yep. think that's realistically where we are.
0: Makes sense. Uh, great summary as well, buddy. Appreciate that. Um, Lee Dobbs, um, if Sixto isn't, I, I agree with Sean. I think Sixto, if they have a five-man and they go in order, Sixto won't be there to start. That being said, what are we now expecting things to shape up like? Because now I, I think we're getting into the groove of, I, you know, we know the shortlist. So in your view, mate, where, where are we going to land?
2: Well, i we're still we're still tough. I'm mean, obviously we've got the you know you got Sandy and Pablo are one. It looks like Hernandez is going to be the third. Mm-hmm. the fourth starter is still an issue. If if it's not going to be six toe, you know, yeah, you know, then then who then who will it be? I mean, we're still yet to, to see Geo yet. You know, he I don't know if he's going to, going to be be ready in time to, you know, to start the season. So yeah, we still I mean we've seen we've seen Rogers now enough. He struggled again the other day, but. Yeah, so I still think Rogers would be my pick for the fourth spot until you know, obviously and then because I don't think we actually need a fifth start, do we? And I still have rumors that because of the way the way that the days off full, we, we could probably go two weeks, you know, you know, like, and not need, you know, <laughs> have a start there. Then Six maybe come in, you know, you know, mid to late April. So yeah, I think it's like you know saying it's it's rounding into shape for now and i think rogers will you know is, is going to
0: make make the rotation you know, you know to, to come out of spring yep rogers uh, so for, for the listeners we're recording this we're recording pre-game tonight so the marlins are starting <laughs> in about 30 minutes time just over um we'll actually try and finish this pod around then um so we can we can get some some action over the radio again i don't think it's televised as uh, as many of these aren't um but you know, rogers on the mound and i've looked at the nats lineup looks, the Nats look at full strength, to be honest with you. So I think this is a real, you know, this is real nice. Like what we're starting to see now, guys, is the cuts are happening, right? These big lumpy spring training rosters, players are starting to be reassigned, optioned down to wherever, you know, is is their natural spot. And I suppose what that means is you're now getting into it. You're now getting, you know, the, the guys that are either gonna be on the twenty six or on the fringe of that are really competing for jobs now. So this is where it gets exciting. Spring comes alive, I think. Now, yeah. um, Rob, what about you on the or just on the rotation side? Do you think we're gonna need a fifth, or likely do you think we can just go Rogers and then wait for Sixto next time around?
1: It's up to. It's all to do with Geo, really. If Geo is ready, if he in the next sort of you know week or so, pitches, pitches well, looks like he's ready to go, then I think they still rest Sixto. I still, I, I do wonder, I, I was actually a bit surprised actually Sixto pitched so early because I'd i almost resigned myself that he wasn't going to be in the opening five when Gio signed. So I thought, I did think it was with Sandy, Sandy Pablo, alicia Hernandez, Rogers, and then, then Gio, and then they bring Sixto in. Sixto's under an innings limit this year, as will be Rogers as well. Um, so, you know, at some point he isn't going to be playing. So, why not do it from the start and build him up? It depends, really. If if Sixto's has a couple of good starts after this and just looks really, really hot and on it, mm-hmm. you know, what what the Marlins need a bit like last year is a really, really good start if they they want to be in it this year. I know we say it every. Year, but and last year was definite because the the games uh, uh, limit. This year, because of the strength of the NL East, you've got to go full strength. So you've got to play your best pitchers, haven't you? So I think that's really where it's going to end up. If Sixto is looking, you know, like the six day we saw in the postseason and when he first came into the Marlins last year, then yeah, he'll get his spot. It'll be the players that are uh, uh, on form will get it.
0: Absolutely. I the sense I get from from listening to Donny this week uh, and in in the media clearly, you know it was one of the hot topics this week, and uh, that you know the sense I get is they they're being careful with him. Rightly so. They're going to take it slow and steady, and you know they've always baked in some extra rest for Sixto anyway. I think you know so he's had previous injury concerns etc that have kind of lingered there. So. They're taking it steady. They want him to be full go, and when he's full go, like we saw last year, he'll be off the leash. So I'm intrigued. I think just my my just to round it up on this one, I think Rodgers gets that spot. Um, I I equally wouldn't be totally surprised if we get a start out in Nida as well at some point in the first two weeks, um, and then all being well with Sixto, we'll probably see him kind of yeah towards week three maybe onwards. I know the way the games line up with off days, they may be able to ma- manipulate things and not need maybe a NIDA or whatever, but I think Nida's pitching, pitching well as well. And I guess deserves a chance. So, um, and that's why it's exciting the next couple of weeks, because we're going to see, you know, Rogers and Anida against, you know, really full strength lineups and that'll really be, you know, an acid test for them. So cool. That's the rotation update. Uh, I, I guess just in, just to, on Sandy and, and Pablo, those boys are ready, right? I think you know Lee called it last week. You know, the boys are ready, yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. So, listen, we've got the we've got the three lined up. We know what the three are. We'll see how it goes, but you know, it is what it is for now. So let's let's go round, uh, Sean. Start with you on on the second base update because we've. I guess always felt that there's this battle between Jazz and Isan for the spot. We've talked about Birdie and his utility role. Um, so what's the latest view from your perspective on second base? You know, has anything changed really? Cause I think we had Isan leading the way. Is anything changed for you on that one?
3: I think I still have Isan leading the way. Uh, neither guy is particularly, you know, hitting the cover off the ball. Um, both hitting under 200. But Diaz is walking, Diaz is walking, he's he's working the count, he's ever some good at that. And I think I heard Donnie say something along those lines as well. Uh that to me still puts Diaz in, in the pole position for, for the, the job. Bertie, like you said, is 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 playing fantastically, mm-hmm. hitting over 400. You know, he's showing he's showing some of the talent that he showed last year. His utility, his ability to play all the positions in the out in the infield and some in the outfield. When ultimately our bench is quite short in that area. Yeah. The only other guy that I really could see getting that bats in that circumstance is Eddie Alvarez, and he just isn't a major league bat. So I think Bertie does have to sort of resign himself to the bench role, even though he is hitting well how long that lasts into the season, how long they let Isan hit under 200 into the season. Maybe we see more starts from Bertie, but ultimately I think this year is where we decide, is it Diaz's job or not?
0: Mm-hmm. Lee Dobbs, is there a pathway in your view for, you know, you play the hot hand, right? And clearly mm-hmm. John Birdie is, he's hot. <laughs> he's hot. You know you. what? Why, why why, should we not have John Birdie starting at second base? I mean, there's this talk about Isan or Jazz. I mean, the answer's maybe staring us straight in the face. John Birdie, what do you yeah, reckon? Yeah, you
2: know, you know, he's, he's starting, starting to make it, you know, a freeway fight.
0: But
2: yeah. As, as, you know, as we, we touched, on, you, know, off, you know, off air and, and you know, as Sean said, there's, the only way with Birdie is, you know, he can play so many, you know, your, your places that if you start him at that second you know, say four or five game, you know, game, you know, games a week, then, then obviously you you are losing him. You know, just a spot start at third or you know, in the outfield, you know, if need be. So yeah, I still think it it will be Diaz because Jazz. I don't think you know, even though you know, he may be hitting slightly better, you know, know, better than Isan. He's not doing he's not doing doing enough to you know, to win the job. So yeah, I. I still can't see see it, see it not being you know, Easton's job now. Yeah, you know, unless he really really fought, you know you, know, you know, falls off a cliff again. But yeah, now nah, it, it's it's going to be you know Easton and, and Bertie will you know you spot start once a week you know you and, and be be used as a pinch you know, runner you know when it, when it's called up on.
0: Yep. Yeah sounds I I'm in line I'm in line with that view as well Rob Newell anything different from you uh, or, or, or we'll keep it rolling
1: no no The the Bertie stats are uh, uh, in so far in spring training depending on on what weight you give them is better all the way around it's it, and it, it I think it again we've spoken about this many times but Isan needs a a proper season to get into it, to see what he's really like. And Mattingly's already said that, that Bertie's going to be used all over the place. They need a utility guy and he's the yeah. perfect utility guy. In fact, he's on form is good because you can't play exactly the same team every day and you'll get injuries and off form and whatever. So I still, it does, Isan does seem that little bit further ahead and, and um, you know, rightly pointed out he's, he's, He's got more walks. Um, he's a little bit more composed at the plate. Jazz just needs a bit more time at triple A.
0: Yeah. 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 Tell you what, isan has been doing. There was a, there was two games in a row last week, I think, with, where he was stand-up triples. You know, he was, he was hit. And, you know, it's not been a great spring for either of the guys, right? No one's absolutely blazed it. You know, Jazz hasn't, you know, put his marker in the sand to say, you know, I have to take this job. That hasn't happened. Uh, John Birdie's the guy who's done it uh, more than any. But, you know, it's so hard in the early part of spring, right? Because, you know, you're only facing the starters and maybe the legit MLB-level guys for a portion of the game. And all the stats look a bit funky, really. Um, so you got to be careful. This, for me now, in this next week or so, is like, for me, this is the moment. You know, today, I think Jazz... Hold on. Is Jazz starting today? <laughs> There's so many games. Uh, no, Isan's up today, sorry. So Isan's up today. You know, Patrick Corbin on the mound. Corbin may go, what, 60 pitches, 70 pitches, let's say. Probably. You know, so that means Isan will probably have three at-bats there um, against Corbin. You know, they're the kind of at-bats that you add weight to, I think, more, more weight to. Um, and this is where we'll start to shake it out and, and understand kind of where where guys are at so okay let's let's park the bullpen for now because i want to finish off on the bullpen what i'm just going to throw to you guys i guess at this juncture now in spring is like i said what's exciting us what's creating nervousness or what are we not liking and what we've seen so far so let's start let's start on a positive positive vibe uh, Sean, I'll come to you because you're top left on my screen. So <laughs> we'll start there. Um, what are you liking? What's exciting you? What's the the thing you've seen in the first kind of couple of weeks of spring that, that gets the juices flowing?
3: I think I want to sh- probably throw some light on Pablo. Now we know what Pablo is. He's a great, great pitcher. so our number two, um, but he's been real consistent in all three of his starts. Pitched pitched really well, tidily throwing strikes, um, which I said last week is something that's important to me or something that I like to view on. He's thrown 120 pitches and 83 strikes. Um, that is, he is pounding the zone. He is doing in spring training what Sandy did the last two years, mm. tr- trusting his stuff, throwing yep. strikes, knowing that he's got the stuff to get guys out. And he's, he's, he's going out there and he's really competing. And he is... The only starter that I've seen that's gone out all three times and just dealt with the situation.
0: Yeah, there's not there's not a chance is there that Pablo takes the ball opening day? Is there?
3: Uh, no. Sandy's pitched, <laughs> Sandy's pitched well. Um, he yeah. has he's, he's he's done a good job. He he was a bit ropey in his second start, throwing throwing too many balls.
0: Yeah, but walked a lot of guys, didn't
3: he? Yeah, ultimately he bounced back. Um, yeah. the third start, the third start, he was he pitched well. It's Sandy's Alice. yeah. Uh, until so, some, until someone comes to take the crown.
0: That was a loaded question, and um, I, I, you know, I have to ask it, but I knew what your answer would be, and it was the right answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love that one. Um, I've always been a massive fan of Pablo, clearly, and um, he's just getting better and better. So I'm really excited to see what he can do. And I, I love the way you know week one of media sandy came out and was like you know the confidence remained that he had at the back end of last year um you know came out and said i'm gonna throw you know 200 innings this year pablo came out the next day sat in the chair i'm gonna throw 200 innings this year and i was like oh yeah the boys boys are in town which is great to hear um cool lee dobbs what about you what's uh what's got the juices flowing in uh first couple of weeks
2: uh, like I was saying, I mean the hitting's been okay. For one thing, I've I've liked is the first base battle. Well, if 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 you if you call it a battle, I mean we think it's going to be you know Aguilars job, but both of them are you know you know smashing the ball. So it's you know it's as as it's just a shame that 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 there is no you know DH because you know because Cooper deserves a spot. He does. You know in, you know, in a starting you know you know nine, but. They're saying, you know, you, know, you know, he's doing doing well, but you know, Aguilar as well. So it's saying it's, it's just so so tough.
0: Hold you know, that thought. I hope- Hold that thought. Let me, Let me ask you here now, and I'll, I'll maybe throw it to the other guys as we go around. This is an interesting topic for me. Um, what's more likely, in your view, come opening day, Cooper's traded, or there's a DH? So, you know, the way things happen, like last year.
2: Yeah, it just
0: comes out. Things, things happen right at the last minute, or even like, you know, in the season. You know, the, the situation can be fluid. I'd like to think that they sort the rules out at the start of the year and stick with them. Um, so, but I'll ask you the question, buddy. What's more likely? Cooper gone, well, or Aguilar gone, mm-hmm. or a DH actually appears, or none? <laughs> None of them
2: are likely. I don't know. I say, uh, I say, the most likely is that it stays, you know, put. <laughs> but yeah. if I was the between them two, yeah, I'd, uh, probably a trade. I would, I'd say now. I think it's too late to bring in the DH now. It, it would be such a, a change up, you know, to the rosters. I mean, I mean, it it would benefit us, of course. But mm-hmm. you know, I, I just think, like you're saying, if, if you're going to do it. Yeah, something, something that that big, you know for, for such a long season as well. Now you, yeah, you, you would have had. To, you know, I've, I've done it right at the start of spring. That you
0: would know, have like, been the right thing for do. next year, though. Yeah, I mean that next would have been year, the right thing to do. But like, we live in a strange world now, Rob. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll come. Uh, let's go around. I just want to get your sense on this, guys, because I, I, honestly, my view is, I still feel like the DH is in play. Like, I feel like. The demand is there across the board and I, I feel like it could happen. Rob, what about you? What's your sense on Coop, Aguilar gone or a DH? What's most likely?
1: I'd hope it'd be a DH because I don't <laughs> want to see either of them gone because yeah. at the moment, Cooper is the best bat uh, in spring training. His OPS is over it's 1.095. So kind of shows he's just, just hitting and on base constantly. But then again, Actually, I was only just behind him, yeah. and they're they're both ahead of, let's say, Brian Anderson. So um, yeah, you don't want to really lose either. And I've, always, as I've said before, what happens if you just get an injury or something? Garrett Cooper's not always been that healthy, nice. so uh, that's the thing. But I think it's unfortunately more likely that the trade side of things. But the other problem with the trade is you've lost half your market because if there's going to be no National League DH, then who you, you can't trade, let's say, Cooper to. You know, obviously, take the West Coast, like the Dodgers, the Athletics, the Angels, they definitely don't need a, a first-base DH. You know, you're, you're, you've got a very, very small market to what you can trade to. And I think that's also a, a bit of a problem. Yeah. Halfway through the season, where if we're out of it and teams are getting desperate for hitting, then that's different.
0: It is. I, I agree. Um, Sean, I know your answer on uh, Garrett Cooper. Um, there's no way he's gone. Uh, for you, but what about on the DH buddy? Is there any ray of light that a DH is available at the start of the season and a last-minute deal?
3: Yeah, you, you called my uh, my thoughts on Coop, and that is my DH buddy. <laughs> to, to touch on what Rob said, um, yeah, Coop is is hitting the cover off the ball. He leads the team in hits, doubles, tight and homers, average, OPS. You know, if there's a if there's a hit in category, he's leading it. He really, really is showing that he needs 450, 500 at bats. You know, he we need him to optimize that lineup. Do I see a DH coming? There's still some chatter. There's still some people talking about it and and calling for it. So I really do hope so. Mm. But again, to, to sort of hearken to what Rob said, the injuries happen we we need that depth and and donny has said you know he likes the idea of having that depth there with coop i think i don't think there's a trade i think if there were if they were going to do it they'd have done it already
0: yeah yeah fair summary you know we don't know what we don't know um and anything can happen but the reality is if there's no dh uh, uh, rob i think called it out really that the market shrinks by half (laughs) when there's no DH available and clearly injuries can happen. Like anything can happen in the next couple of weeks. Next thing is you start a first baseman goes down you go, Holy shit. Um, you know, what do we do? It's not typically an area you have tons of depth in either. Is it really first base? Not like you have like loads of guys backed up. So, you know, it's, um, you know, that, that could perhaps be the situation. Um, anyway, let's keep it rolling around. Rob, um, What's got the juices flowing in spring anyway, uh, beyond the first base guys who've been, who've been mashing?
1: Um, well, brief mention of Brian Anderson, who I thought has just looked like he's just really just rolling on. And I think it's fantastic. I think we need to pay him and put him on a contract. I think he's the real deal. Um, but of course, you know, one of the things that I really like about baseball is the minor leagues. And so I've been really interested in the prospects coming through and some mm-hmm. of them, are looking not far off ready. And um, in my mind, JJ Bleday is up there with Harrison, Brinson, et cetera. I wonder whether um, he's almost ahead of them. He does look like somebody who is not far off being ready. And again, if there is a, there are mid-season trades, like even if we're still in it, you could trade someone like, Dickerson out of there or Deval, and then b- drop him in and you haven't lost out maybe. Uh, so there is, you know, there's, there's, I can see him coming into the the major league squad um, this year, but there's been um, um, Jose Devers been really impressed with him. And, at shortstop. and uh, you know, we, we talk about, you know, the prospects that we, we kind of have, but um, now, but, Devers seems to be knocking on the door. Joe Danand, who can play third base, second base, um, also has looked fantastic. Not, uh, both of them look really comfortable playing with the big league um, uh, players. Um, so, you know, Denans average is just under 300. You know that's pretty good going, considering how some others is, uh, are struggling. And, and Devers is just just brilliant at the field. So they've been the ones I've really liked. But yeah, Blade is really the one that stands out um, for me as somebody who um, looks almost big league ready.
0: Yeah, I, I got to agree with you there. I must say, um, asked Donnie directly a couple of weeks back on that one. You know what? What is there a pathway for for Blade in 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 twenty twenty one and you know, roundabout way he said, Yeah, there is. I mean, clearly there's it's a veteran outfield, and you know, right now the it doesn't it's not a clear pathway, but you know, he didn't rule it out, I guess is um like he with some of the younger pitchers earlier on he he's ruled that out, you know, where he's kind of said, Listen, it's not our intention to see a Max Meyer this year, for example. You know, he's kind of stated that early that that's not in their plan with Blade, it's not ruled out, but clearly he's blocked by you know the vets and as you said yeah listen halfway down um if some of the vets are moved you know it's 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 possible we see blade which is interesting you you are right to call it out that you know devers has been nice danan's been nice uh uh Donnie was talking about him yesterday I think or the day before saying he looks like a major leaguer. I think that was my main takeaway that his view was he just looks like a major league player. He will be a major league player whether it's you know, this year, whenever it is. But that was his sense, which is nice to hear. I think that's a really nice summary, guys, because what we've got is, you know, Sean enjoying, I guess, the the, the vet starters. And those guys look ready. Lee's seeing it on the hitting side. You know, there's guys just hitting already. The vets are hitting. And Rob, you're calling out, you know, the depth of the, the farm and how those guys are impressing. So... There's a lot to like, right, you know, in this spring. It's been a good spring. Actually, the results have been there too. It's not like yeah. it's been terrible. The results have been there, ton, a bunch of ties. But, um, you know, the Marlins sit, I think, still at the top of the Grapefruit League, you know, because yeah, of all the tough, ties.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and Donnie said, we treat ties like wins as well, which I thought was an interesting mentality. Um, he said, if it's not a loss, then we'll take it as a win. Um, so that's that's fair. For, for me, my uh, my... Main positive, actually, we haven't touched on. I think it's nice to round it off, actually, is – well, there's two of them. Alfaro is looking nice. Nice to see Georgie doing well. Um, So that's good. Secondly, Bass. Bass looks good. I'm liking what I see from Bass. And, you know, we're obviously nervous about Kinsler being let go. And, you know, he he did a great job. So I think for me, Bass – Craig Mish tweeted about it yesterday – you know, he, he's the closer. He'll be the closer for, for the Marlins. He'll be given first shot anyway. And um, to me, he looks, he looks nice. So that's encouraging. Right guys, let's flip the coin or flip it on its head. However you want to phrase it. What's, what's worrying us? What's concerning us? What are we worried about? Sean, back to you on this one, buddy. What are you seeing? We already mentioned the
3: second base and with Isan and Ch- uh, Chisholm not hitting well. So we'll, we'll skip past that. Duval. Duval just hasn't looked good so far. Hitting under 100. I think he has one hit, maybe two. Struck out, yeah, two, two hits, mm-hmm. eight strikeouts. That's just not what you want to see from a starting position player. It's early. It's spring. The numbers don't matter. He could just be coming, he might come in camp a bit slow, or he might take. We've never seen him before, you know, we've never had an extended look at him. So he might start slow. We don't know. Yeah. I think ultimately he is penciled, probably penned into the right field spot to open the season, and, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, I think it, it, again, the depth helps. We've got Coop, we can put him in there. So I think it is a case of we let him work through whatever struggles he's going through and hope for the best. But if he doesn't turn it round, if he doesn't show what we expect him to show, which at this point, there's no reason not to think that, we do have the depth there. So that's probably one of the few concerns that I've seen this from trainer.
0: Yeah, I mean, Duval, he he came out, hit a home run in what first couple of games oppo with a bopo if I recall. Um, so that was, that was nice since then. Nothing. Um, I, I'm, I'm the same as you, Sean. I, I didn't totally love the signing in general. Like he, he got hot for a period. He, he hit a lot. He hit a lot of home runs against the Marlins on, you know, a roster that was full of backups. Right. You know, in many ways, it was a spring training roster in some ways. Like, you know, I think his numbers were pumped a bit. He's never hit for average. He's clearly got power, but I was nervous about it. And the thing I was nervous about too, as well, was like, what's he like in the outfield? Like, I- I'm nervous about Dickerson in the outfield too, at left field. I'm nervous about Duvall in, the, in, in right field. I mean, Marte's top draw. And that goes back to the point you made earlier. That's why we need to carry Brinson and Mags because those late defensive replacements are going to be needed, and you know, it, it, it is what it is. But um, yeah, I, I'm nervous about Duvall as well. But you know, if things don't work out, you know, then the Marlins aren't tied down for a long. You know, it's not a crazy long contract or anything. If they want to get out of it, then then they can. So, yeah, interesting one, Lee. What about you? What's 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 concerning for you thus far? Uh, yeah, I mean,
2: you know, Duval is the obvious, you know, question. You know, Mark, so far because everyone else is is doing well. You know, you know, okay, or you know, yeah, we we've talked talked about second base already. Yeah, but I'm I'm to touch detached one. Duval, like I'm saying, I'm not too concerned. With, with him. You know, he's a vet. I'm, I'm I'm sure he's still hit hit for power. Like I'm saying, his average is always low. But yeah, I mean, it it, it was a signing that we probably. Didn't need to make you know so much, but I mean, I suppose, it yeah, it's a low risk you know, signing, yeah. And I guess the hope is probably that we can can trade him, you know, come July or something. But yeah, I mean, know, away from that, I'll say only there's not really much concerns really. Maybe some of the bullpen vets like like Yimi, like they say, you know, you know, we've been hit hit hard a few times. you know, debt. has struggled a bit. Yeah, I mean, on the whole, though, there's not much to, to sort of, you know, you know, be negative about. And, you know, just just may, maybe the vets are, are a bit slow to, to start off with.
0: Yep. Well, listen, don't don't beat up on the guys if you uh, don't feel you need to. I mean, they're sitting at the top of the Grapefruit League, you know, things are going well. Yeah. So, you know, don't don't beat up for the sake of it. Rob, what about you, buddy, on this one? Anything anything further to add?
1: Well, slightly lighthearted. I, I do think uh, Girard and Carcion shouldn't really be playing at first base <laughs> after what we saw yesterday. <laughs> I thought there was one of them I thought I might have even been able to catch that. But yeah. um uh, no uh, in all seriousness the just following on from what Sean said is that if Deval's poor form continues who do you replace him with because also Brinson, Harrison, Sierra are not on great form either. Both of them are showing low ERAs at the moment. Um, sort of loop, isn't it? It's
0: got to be, you know.
1: Well, exactly. So uh, yeah. maybe that's where you've got your extra playing time if someone's off form. However, I will say something for Princeton and Harrison. Their strikeout percentage, now, yeah, again, is spring training stats, and you don't pay much weight to it, is low. And that... It's quite good because that is the was the number one complaint about both of them. So um, I think really that is that, and the other disappointments like Jesus Sanchez. I know he's sort of been injured, um, but uh, again was sort of swatting flies a little bit. It looked like he was having a few um, issues to start with. So um, we we have many outfielders which maybe not in the form that they would like to be in.
0: Yeah, I tell you though, the guys that are. You know, when when you look up and down last year's, I guess, starting lineup, you know, of Dickerson, Marte, the two first base dudes, Ba, you know, Birdies in the mix, Alfaro, these guys, everyone's all hitting over three hundred in spring. Like those guys, you know, apart from Duvall, who's been brought in, last year's lineups hitting in the main already, which is great. The pitchers, the starters are, are rolling. Dixto's behind, but the starters are rolling. The bullpen, you know, we'll see. But I think it's encouraging. Like, I'm encouraged by what I've seen. You know, Brintz and Duval start, you know, started in the same way. And Jazz. They all hit home runs pretty much first at bat and have done nothing since. Um, Mags hasn't done anything. Um, you know, I know... thing is in Mags has no options, right? And um, it leaves you no wiggle room. So, but his versatility does, does help defensively. So I don't know for me, the most concerning thing thus far, I think has been some of these bullpen dudes, actually. Like Yimmy's been concerning. Detweiler has been concerning. I wasn't convinced about Detweiler anyway, if I'm completely honest. Um, So I thought that was an interesting move. one, one we do need to talk about. Actually, we're gonna we're gonna transition it the bullpen now anyway. But bloody hell, Zach Pop. Oh my days. The pitching ninja was absolutely all over him. He was, I don't know what he was throwing out there, but it was the movement was just insane. Absolutely insane. Good luck hitting any of that. So that was real nice to see. So you know, let's let's have a deep dive on the pen, guys, because we haven't done it yet. Um when I look at things, the first question we've got to ask ourselves though, Sean is how many guys are going to be in the pen? Is it going to be eight? Well, and here's the other factor in the first week, if they only carry a forced, a four man rotation, which they could, that then maybe opens up a spot for nine bullpen arms, or maybe even 10, if they go with, you know, just 12 um, position players. So I guess there's flexibility baked into this. Um, but let's say with a five-man rotation, how do we see them going? Are they going to go thirteen hitters, thirteen pitchers, or fourteen and twelve? Which way are you seeing that as the first kind of decision to make?
3: I personally feel like we a five-man bench is is standard, um, and I think we the way that the the roster set up with with the batters, I think we do need the five. So that leaves, that leaves us with 13 pitchers, so eight bullpen guys. As you said, there's a chance that we could roll in with four starters. So maybe a guy that normally wouldn't make the roster, like a Castano or a comes in and just is there as a long man. This, I think that's probably the biggest question mark as far as roster construction we've got going into the season is what do we do with the bullpen?
0: Yeah. Okay. Lee Dobbs, I'm going to try and I'm going to try and work us all backwards here slightly. So let's start with the closing spot. Is Bass a lock right now to close and be the ninth the ninth guy?
2: Yeah, I mean I'd say yeah. Coming into the spring, I you know I thought he was anyway, and nothing I've seen in spring, you know, yeah, I was going to change that. So yeah, he's. I think barring in you know injury, then yeah, he he will be be, be the closer.
0: Okay. All right, cool. So I'm inking Bass in on my, on my list here. Rob Newell, going so last year, uh, Boxburger in the main was the main setup dude in the eighth. Um, who, in your opinion, this year is most likely to be, I guess, the, in the new Boxburger?
1: I think they were trying to do it in spring training with Yimmy, and mm-hmm. I'm not sure it's like Yimmy or Hoyt. Um, personally, from what I've just seen in spring training, I quite like the look of somebody like Anthony Bender in that position, but does he make it in? Whoa. But more, more realistically, I think I'm going more with Blyer being that guy. Oh. Um, however, I again maybe that's not the greatest shout because he'll probably be like first change. Uh, I I really don't know from what they've tried lots of different people during spring training. And um, I don't think there is somebody they have really got in that place. Simba maybe, but again, because it's so mix and match, um, I don't know. It really just depends on the... But I I don't see a a natural Boxberger fit uh, or replacement at the moment. Um, Curtis is the other one they've they've used in that um, um, latter innings place as well.
0: Okay, so I think when we look at... Let's look at the guys from last year because that's we've seen them and we know what kind of role they played last year. So, you know, Sean, what we knew from Blyer was Blyer came in. We, it was a mid-season trade when, when we needed arms. Came in and effectively he was a – he pitched pretty much most of the time against lefties um, and would come in only for lefties if, if that was the the way that, the, I guess, the, the situation – created um, so I see him as a specialist what about you for Blyer like is that kind of role like lefty only if they can make that happen
3: yeah I mean obviously that's with the free with the free yeah the batters minimum you know having a guy that is good against lefties but he still needs to get the righties out because he's going to if when he comes in, unless you're fortuitous and it's the last out of the inning and you only has to get that out against the lefty, mm-hmm. that's but that would be good use of him. But you need a guy that can go all three outs. I think he's in the mix. I think as Rob said, Yimmy was 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 an option for us as as the eighth man. He's not pitched great, but it's only a couple of outings. So how much sort of credit do we put on that? The one thing I would say is bringing in Bass and Floro and a few of the other guys that we've brought in, and the emergence of Bender. I'm glad that we haven't got Garcia penned in as closer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of options. Like this is when I when I look at the names here, Lee. This is long list. Bass, Floro, Simba, Yimmy, Hoyt. Blyer, Curtis, Detweiler, Bender's emerged, Geo's been signed, Zach Pop's a Rule yeah. 5, Campbell's a Rule 5. I mean... It's going so so to be so hard. That's 14 guys. 14 guys! Somehow we're going to try and, you know, shimmy into yeah. a bullpen. Um, what, let's let's try and pin down this leverage, because what we know is Donnie likes, you know, he likes a familiar leverage guy. You know, 7-8-9, there will be a consistent-ish seven, 7, 9 that will go yeah. like last year. Yimmy, box kints, give or take. What are you seeing? We've got bass at nine. Give me the seven, eight, and yeah. your your best guess.
2: Right. I still. I still think he will like Garcia to be in there.
0: Yeah, because I think he's showing you
2: know, I think because he's a strikeout guy as well. You know, yeah, you know, which can can be useful especially, you know, men on base and things like that. So, yeah, I mean, we've seen Floro do it before, for like Dodgers, you know, he's, you know, he's pitched late, late in games. But, yeah, I think if I was picking, it'd be Floro, Floro as in the eighth and Yumi in seventh for me.
0: Okay. Rob, coming to you, buddy, Who, who's most likely to miss out that maybe is unexpected? So, you know, these guys, Bass, Floro, Yimmy, they're in. But let's let's look at Simba. Um, Hoyt, Blyer. I think we've already, I think we've agreed that Blyer is probably there too. So let's put Blyer in the mix. We got some Bass, Floro, Yimmy, and Blyer are in. You've then got these guys, Simba, Hoyt, Curtis, or Detweiler. Who's most likely to miss out with them if we have to make a move there?
1: Um, so I think Simba is in just because he, he's such a different look, such a different picture. I, I think he's yeah. definitely in. in and as we said, Bly is in. So the, the risky ones are Hoy With Detweiler, the thing is, is that I remember him years ago for the Nationals, pitching as a starter against mm. the, the Marlins. And he, he was quite reliable for quite a few years. But, He's then sort of gone in this kind of bullpen and then I think the White Sox tried to use him as a starter again. But you know what he's there for, and that's long relief. So if something goes slightly wrong, they'll chuck him in for long relief because he's somebody who can do that and has got the experience of doing that in the past. And maybe in some ways that's where you have like Blyer in as well. Um, It was interesting that when they brought Hoyt in, after Sixto yesterday, I did think, ah, oh, you know, is he is that someone they're thinking about as long relief because they because Hoyt last year really was somebody who was, as you said, he was the fireman. He was. So are they trying to change his? Well, you know, if that's the case, if they if they're still relying on Hoyt, then it just leave Curtis not getting in. But the the the, the only problem with all of this, we could just say, oh, you know, yeah, okay, it'll be Curtis and Hoyt don't make it is if they do take a flyer on Anthony Bender because he is looking so hot. Um, It's been a while since we've had a reliever that can pitch that hard and fast. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, are they looking? that as a different option. Just imagine Simba Bender. You know, you you could also... One night you could have Yimmy Floro Bass. You could have, you know, Bender Simmy Bass or whatever. You know, you've got different options, different looks every night, where I can't see that being the case with Curtis Hoyt from what I've just seen so far.
0: Yeah. Okay. This is a Fish Stripes thing. And Fish Stripes have been, they've been rolling hashtags out this uh, this spring. It's been about the jerseys, but also they have been absolutely on the Bender mania bandwagon. Sean, he's not on the 40 man. So if he's to make it, there's some other decisions to make. Perhaps someone goes on to maybe a 60 day, perhaps. Or you know, someone's DFA'd. Bender, it, is there a chance? Could he could he actually crack this roster? I mean, it's a it's a it's a real long shot, but he has been impressive.
3: I, I think there's a chance. Uh, you know, he's thrown 98 miles an hour. Control is 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 okay, but when you throw 98, yeah, he needs to be okay. He he probably on talent and and again early and the results deserves a spot on the twenty sixth man. I think coming into a season and saying oh, we've got too many major league caliber relievers. Mm. I, I remember here, I remember listening to some of your podcast years ago, and and the the slop that we were trying to select <laughs> through was was disgraceful. It was. I think ultimately he ends up going down to AAA, but yeah. he was a non-roster guy. He is a guy that we found basically off the street, yeah. And then, and he is going to ultimately end up on the team in some shape or form through the season, and be given us some serious quality.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm intrigued. It's it's been a really interesting story. Kind of reminds me of kind of like the uh, the Vessia kind of situation where I, clearly Vessier had kind of progressed really quickly through our system and he was just incredible, but was one of them guys that kind of rocked into spring and then all of a sudden in spring, he was awesome as well. And everyone was like, holy shit, Alex Vessier is, is top draw. You know, made it to the majors. It didn't quite work out for him in a couple of brief outings. He got blown up, I think, in one of them. Um, and has now obviously been traded. So, you know, I think you need to, we need to kind of like have a little pinch of salt with Bender Mania in some ways. But, you know, think it back to the old days of guys that were throwing gas. Bloody Taron Guerrero. That was, that's one of them, right? Bloody hell. It would, it would be fast. But I'm not sure he had any idea where it was going.
1: The human all. firework. That's he what was. It. Yeah. He and was. Do you remember, oh, who was it? Was it? was his name Brian Ellison? I can't remember the, the guy that we had a hundred mile an hour guy before who used to, used to you know be more danger to low flying aircraft. than <laughs> um, yeah. Absolutely.
0: Uh, you know, so I'm intrigued to see if Ben Degetti. Um Lee, we haven't really um, touched on geo really, because
2: no.
0: you know, what, what do we make? I mean, the press conference was sensational. That's for sure. Everyone is now like all in on geo, um, you know, What's not to like? What kind of role do we see him having? Like, it, could he be a rotation guy? It, does he still have that in the locker, or is it going to be long relief? Nothing. So, so,
2: like I said, it's, so, it's so tough to, re- to really know, to, you know, you know, what the, 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 the what the thinking is. Yeah, because I, I mean, I I, I assumed he would come in as the, the fifth starter. But, Obviously, he hasn't, hasn't even you know got going yet. So I don't. So obviously, coming out coming out of spring, he won't he won't be in the rotation. So if you view him view him out as a starter, and you don't really want him in the pen either yet, because because you want him stretched out. So yeah, I'm I'm really not I'm really not sure. And then then obviously we're going we to have six day coming back as well. So uh, I mean that would leave us with you know, we would like like six man rotation. So unless they're you know obviously we got we got some young arms you know, you know who, who might fade or struggle so you know he, he, so, so he's a good good option to, to fall back on but i'm saying really at the at, at the minute i mean i'm guessing he might start in long relief but yeah it's, it's tough to to really know yet yeah you know, and until we till we actually see him as well you know, yeah it's it's hard to judge
0: <laughs> yeah time will tell i guess um rob the other Topic We've got so we've had those eight guys that I mentioned. You've then got Bender and Geo that aren't on the 40 man. Then you've got two other guys that are sat there that are rule five picks that we either need to roster um, from day one and keep on the roster, put on the IL for a period if we feel that we need that. Uh, this we have to play them, they have to have what have maybe 90 days of. Uh, they have to be on the the active roster, I think for 90 days or more or something. so you can't just stash them all year. Um, like they're gonna have to to, to, uh, to contribute. So Zach Pop and Campbell, you know are they gonna is there any room for them? like <laughs> what's going on?
1: Uh, so with, with with pop, obviously pitched really really well as we've previously discussed so he, he looks like a guy you wouldn't want to be sending back straight away I understand that Campbell could be on the IL anyway um, and we've discussed you know as Sean was saying about you know relief depth uh, we always need it and there'll be injuries and bits and pieces mm-hmm. pop that looks like someone you know he's, he's come off Tommy John surgery and looks really good mm. we've seen it happen you know sadly the other way with Tyler Colick who came off it and had lost so much pace. So to see someone come back and look good, then you think, wow, we've now got a, you know, a good fast wizard, as we just called him and he's already had surgery and looking all right. So it feels like you'd really, really want to keep him. We've ridiculed rule five before that they just stick around and then, you know, when, when it comes to the crunch, they just get cut anyway. Yeah. But guess who our third starter might be?
0: I know. Uh, Rule five, Guy Eliezer, exactly.
1: right? Yeah. So, you know, sometimes it does work out. And, uh, you know, obviously they, they, they liked something in pop a lot. Yeah, well, they traded for him. Yeah. So, you know, I can't see them cutting him. Campbell, um, obviously, it's, uh you know... It, it, it really does depend. and I think this then brings our conversation back to, you know, like Bender and why not just put him in AAA until you really need him. And when there's injuries, when things go wrong, you can bring him up and you've got that space and room. That may be the way they, they, they manage this.
0: So I think to summarize guys, this is, I've been taking notes as I've been going through in summary, we're struggling. (laughs) We're struggling to really lock this down. But for me, for me, pop makes it. Pops in is what I'm saying. What that means is either we carry an extra pitcher. um, And that means that we maybe lose one of Mags or Brinson. And we go just four outfielders with Birdie and, and Coop kind of, covering that. Brinson has an option, so it is possible. Mags doesn't, so that'd be more of a DFA situation. So, that's one of the key questions, but let's say they do go with a 13 and they only have eight in the pen. I think Pop makes it. The guy I'm worried about, rightly or wrongly, is James Hoyt for me. Like, if I'm just trying to piece this together, Bass, Floro, Simba, Yimmy, Blyer, Curtis, Pop, and Detweiler. I think that's the eight. And I think maybe Hoyt's the odd man out there. I think. Unless unless things go really sideways with Detweiler and they just um when they get a look at it and they go, actually, this ain't gonna happen. That's the only other for me. That that's the that's the call, Detweiler or Hoyt. One of those two, I think, doesn't make it. I don't know. Um, I don't know the situation regarding options and stuff. I guess they're, they're, they may have options. I, I don't actually know. So I don't know if it's what the repercussions are. I'll have to look into that. Does anyone know, top of their heads? No. Cool. All right. So one of those two, I think, doesn't make it. Because um, I think they have to roster Pop and I think they like him. Um, unless, again, it can be an IL situation. But we'll see. Oh, bullpen is, oh, I mean, there's a lot, there's just a lot of new guys, isn't there? That's the thing. There's just a lot of new people really we don't know and we're not seeing all of the games. So it's hard to kind of really, I guess, analyze where people are at, where different guys are at. So, okay, guys, I think that rounds us up for, uh, for today. Um, Really nice, nice update. We, are at twenty past ten our time, which means that Marlins have started, and they have gone. Uh, looks like one, two, three in the uh, in their first inning, and the Nats are now Nats are now hitting. They've got a man on first base, bottom of the first. So,
1: I've just had a look, and Bertie did get a walk, so he's on, his on base percentage just goes up and up. Oh, there we go, yeah. Bertie
0: was in. <laughs> Good man, and
1: um, and Rogers in, in typical sort of spring training form at the moment, uh, struck out Robles and then walked Turner. So um, probably yeah.
0: intentional walking Trey Turner. I mean, he's a, he's a dangerous dude, so um, can't begrudge him that. Awesome guys, I think we're uh, I think we're done for this one. Episode eighty three is in the books. Let's go and enjoy a bit of Marlins Radio. I'm not sure who's actually on tonight on the mic, um, but for for anyone who did see. Uh, we've got a guest lined up for this week. So we've got the, the wonderful Kyle Seelaf joining uh, me on Thursday. So we'll be recording Thursday with with Kyle. We're really looking forward to, to talk to him. Um, he's awesome on the radio and has done an awesome job too with the with the podcast all through the, uh, the off-season, uh, the official Marlins pod, and he's been hosting them. So uh, it's going to be a lot of pressure for me hosting him <laughs> in, this, in this one. So we'll look forward to that. Uh, And then we'll be back, of course, next Tuesday, guys. So Lee Dobbs, Sean Barrett, Rod Newell, you are legends. Appreciate the time. We'll be back next Tuesday. And to listeners, stay safe. We'll speak soon.